Hey, hey, you're listening to episode 67 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Did you know that on average, teachers dedicate a whopping 53.3 hours per week to teaching and school-related tasks? That is a staggering reality, and it can easily creep into every aspect of our lives. And while it might not sound alarming at first, the truth is pushing beyond a 40-hour workweek mark doesn't just impact our classroom, it takes a toll on our mental and physical health. According to a 2021 study by the World Health Organization, working more than 50 hours per week is associated with a 35% higher risk of stroke and a 17% higher risk of dying from heart disease. That's compared to working 35 to 40 hours a week. And here's where it gets real. When we're stuck in a cycle of overwork, our self-care, our reflection, our relaxation, it takes a back seat. And the result? That's burnout, that feeling of always trying to play catch up, the ever-present stress, the bone-deep exhaustion. It's a scenario that I know that I have found myself trapped in, and you probably have too. And here's the thing. It's not just about the teachers in this situation, because it's a trickle-down effect. There are so many factors that contribute to a student's academic performance, including you know, their individual characteristics, their family, their neighborhood experiences. But research suggests among all school-related factors, teachers matter the most. When it comes down to student performance on reading and math tests, teachers are estimated to have two to three times the effect of any other school factor, including services, facilities, and even leadership. And this is why that spotlight of importance falls on our teachers. That's why I'm so passionate about casting a brighter light on educators within the educational system by equipping them with support, with strategies, with tools. We're not just boosting educator well-being, but we're igniting that transformation that echoes throughout our entire educational landscape. And because so many teachers are working such long hours, this is where productivity comes into play. As the demands of teaching grow every single year, so does the need for our strategies that unlock that hidden potential within those precious hours so that we're not having our teachers overextending themselves and working that overtime. That's why I brought my friend Brianne Beebe, the teacher productivity mentor herself, to come onto the show. If you're one of the 4,000 teachers who came and hung out with us for the summer self-care conference back in July, you will recognize her from her session, Five Steps to Maximize Your School Day Through Productive Planning Time. And if you missed that, on the Summer Self-Care Conference, you can still grab your all-access pass to watch all of the recordings, including Brianne's, and get that bonus content by heading over to the link in the show notes or heading over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash summer self-care conference. Brianne Beebe is a high school math teacher, a tr- teacher burnout survivor, and a teacher productivity mentor. As a mom to two under five, Brianne knows that schoolwork has to stay at school. This is why she equips teachers with tools to master their productivity so that they can build fulfilling lives in inside and outside of their classrooms. In this episode, we are going to dive into Brianne's story of teacher burnout, her must-have tips for productivity, and her must-have systems to set up and be able to set those boundaries so you can maintain working within your contractual hours. Grab your pen and notebook and let's go meet Brianne. Brianne. 
Hey, teacher friends, welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, your one-stop shop for beating the teacher burnout cycle once and for all. Whether you're searching for inspiration, sustainable strategies, ways to reignite your passion for teaching, or just how to live your best teacher life without sacrificing your personal life, you are in the right place. No cookie cutter solutions here, just real, raw experiences and tips from other teachers who've been there, done that, to remind you, you are not alone. I'm Brittany, your host, a special educator at heart, instructional coach, mom slash bonus mom of five kids, and teacher burnout and sustainability strategist with my agency, Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize burnout prevention and recovery so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life inside and outside of the classroom. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, and discussing the hot topics in teacher burnout with other teachers so that you can transform your life from chaos to confidence. On this podcast, we believe in supporting and uplifting one another to heal the system from the inside out. So let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Hey, Brianne, welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It is such a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. You are such a great resource for teachers. And I would just love for you to share a little bit about how you got into teaching, what your teaching experience has been like, and how you got into sharing productivity with teachers on social media. So I started teaching officially 11 years ago, and I teach geometry, pre-calculus, and calculus in New York. I'm a mom to two. I have a soon-to-be five-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And I started what ended up being a teacher business as a blog, YouTube channel, and I didn't have any plans on making it into a like formal business where I was really sharing anything targeted. I just saw that a lot of teachers were sharing stuff online, but it was always elementary teachers. And while they were sharing really great things, there are certain things that just don't work for high school teachers. And so I just wanted to start sharing something so that there was something out there for high school teachers. And over time, it just became that I help teachers with their productivity because lots of people need help with that, but teachers especially need help with mastering their productivity. Yeah, teachers definitely need help with productivity. I mean, when I first started teaching, I thought that I had to do everything and I didn't even know what everything was or when to do that. And there was no course in college for it. So I went on to Pinterest looking for things. I'm a middle school teacher. So like there was nothing for middle school teachers on how to really master that, know what to do and when to do it. And I just really wish that I'd have found your account sooner. So even though you are a productivity master, have you ever dealt with burnout? And like, where did that come from? Tell us a little bit about maybe some type of experience that you've had um, in regards to burnout. Yeah. So I always describe myself as a teacher burnout survivor because I think the story that we're used to hearing is teachers hit burnout and then they quit. Um, But I stuck with it. And this was my fourth year of teaching. And I always say that burnout is like this multifaceted issue. It's never just this one thing. So that year I had really unsupportive administrator that I, you know, had to deal with. I had difficult students, which is not anything new, but it was like seven students in one class were like really big personalities. And I couldn't just 
send them all to a separate corner to fix that. Um, so I was dealing with that all year long. The students that I had my first year there, I got so close to them and they'd graduated the year before. So I was just missing them and it was hard not being with them. But for me, the big thing was that I was always working nonstop. I would get to school early to work and I would um, stay late to work. Then I'd get home and have to continue working. And it was to the point where I really thought that there's no way that I can be a teacher and be a parent at the same time because I would not have time to devote to my children. And out of all of those issues, the only one that I had any control over was how I was spending my time. So I found ways to maximize my planning time. I started batching my lesson plans and I started setting boundaries like not staying after school, not giving up my prep time all the time because there were always students in my room. So I started saying, you know, on Fridays during this period, I'm not available for extra help. You'll have to call them a different day. Oh, wow. Your story sounds so familiar to me because I also dealt with feeling like I had to do it all with an unsupportive administration. I felt like it, I went through the worst year of teaching, dealing with a lot of issues like that. And so that story sounds very familiar to me. Um, but I think a lot of teachers struggle with that. They don't know how to set those boundaries because it's not something that they talk about in teacher prep programs, though I really wish that they would. I wish that that was like a life lesson that we all learned, you know, in school or something like that, because boundaries are such an essential part of really taking care of yourself and being able to deal with the amount of things that we're going to get as teachers and setting them so that we're not overextending ourselves. So we're not, you know, doing too much so that we can have that work-life balance that we all crave. You know what I mean? And so we're recording this at the beginning of summer, but I think this episode is going to go live before school starts. So I would love for you to share a little bit about what teachers might can do over the summer to really maximize their productivity when they return to school in the fall. Sure. So there's several things you can do. I mean, definitely set a boundary around how much time you want to actually spend on school versus just be free because it's summer and we need that and we deserve it. So some of the things that you might be able to do from home without having to actually go to school would be cleaning up your files that you have online. I use Google Drive. Do you use Google Drive too? Yes. And I'm literally obsessed with organizing my Google Drive thanks to Lisa McCarg, who has really opened my eyes to the power of a clean Google Drive. <laughs> so go. we can go through our files over the summer and make sure that they are where they should be. You just want it to be easy to find. So you might need to rename some files so you know what it is. You might need to put them into folders so that similar files are grouped together. And anything that you don't need, delete it. Um, let that go. And another thing I like to do to get started for next year is start setting up the folders that I need. If I know what I'm teaching for the following school year, I can get those folders ready to go. I might even start putting things that I know I definitely want to do again into the folders so that way it's prepared. Yeah, that's such a good one because I was talking with Lisa McCarg a couple episodes back and we were talking about how, you know, even your digital clutter can really impact your stress levels and lead to burnout and all of that. And so I don't think people realize that they have a little bit of control in their Google Drive. You know what I mean? Um, so like 
having a system for that, I think is super important. Like really having a time to go in and go through those downloads because, you know, downloads are the ones that always, you know, don't have a name. They don't have a space. And then you're you know, your files get all muddy again. <laughs> but like, what's an, what's another system that you have that's like your go-to system for productivity? So for systems, anything that you do repeatedly, you can create a system around. So it's kind of hard to limit it to just the certain things, but everything. You can systematize everything that you do repeatedly. The key is to be really intentional intentional on how you set up your system so that you're creating a system that serves you rather than one that's going to drain you or cause more issues. Sometimes we end up creating a system without putting any thought into it. And even without even realizing it, things just fall into place and they can get really messy and really hard to manage and just make things harder on ourselves. So I love to teach teachers how to create systems that actually work and help you boost your productivity. My Favorite systems are having routines for beginning and ending the day. So things are set up um, for the next school day when you leave and for how you start everything up uh, when you come in the next morning. I also love having a system for to-do lists so that your to-do list is not going to be never ending, but just having a system for knowing what to do on which day and where your priorities are. That saves so much time. I also have systems for lesson planning, for grading, and for handling all the paperwork. So you mentioned specific days for specific tasks. So do you do like grading on Tuesdays and lesson plans on Wednesdays? Or what does that look like for you? For me, like my big, big system is lesson planning because I batch my lesson plans. And that's kind of turned into like on Monday, we do this. On Tuesday, we do that. So I'll start with my plans that go into my lesson planning template on Monday. I create the notes for all of my classes. Tuesday is a day of creating assessments. Wednesday is answer keys. Thursday is like copies. And um, if I need to make any files um, for like smart notebook or something like that, I'll make those. And then Friday is like scheduling everything into Google Classroom. I really like the way that you've systemized that because every classroom is going to look different, right? We all have different needs and things that we have to do because some people don't have to make copies because they're all digital or things like that. Like for me as a special educator, I always had Mondays for um, progress monitoring and then Tuesdays were for IEP meetings. Wednesdays were for, you know, like going through the progress monitoring or checking on data. And then Thursdays, again, were for IEP meetings or for doing paperwork and things like that. And then Fridays were always communication days, like where we focused as a class on any missing assignments and really like tying that all together. So I really like how you have different days for different things. Even mentioning just the the different days for different things. I use that same concept like at home because we have mm-hmm. laundry was a huge issue for me. So laundry, I started doing specific days of laundry, like work clothes Wednesday, <laughs> things like that. You know what I mean? Make it kind of fun and a little bit more exciting. And just doing stuff like that can really ease your mind and feel a little less overwhelming. So what are some of the like biggest myths that you have heard teachers say about productivity? I think one of the big things is people assume that like you're either naturally productive or you're not, but it's a skill. So anyone can learn how to be productive. It's not this defined personality trait where you either got it or you don't. 
Um, another one is that people think being productive means working all the time. Like they'll get that boost in productivity. They'll start saving time. They'll get things done faster. And so they end up with this extra time. And that's the goal is to have extra time. But then people start filling it with more work. It gets kind of addictive sometimes, I guess, getting stuff done. Absolutely. Right. When we're at school, like you kind of have to keep working. (laughs) If you do find those pockets of time where you're like, oh, I got all my stuff done, like then that'd be a great time to change out your bulletin board or do those things you normally don't get time to do. But the ultimate goal is to be home and not have to do anything for school. Right. Because when you're at home, you've got other stuff to do. Like I've been trying out some new time blocking techniques like over the summer and things like that with my family because it it's really full over here with so many kids. So like trying to really find ways to be productive. So I started following um, my friend, Chelsea Joe. She does this time blocking thing. And I know that you do that with teachers in the classroom and time blocking your days as a teacher. Can you share a little bit about like maybe the steps on how teachers can go about time blocking, maybe their planning time or just their day in general? I think just don't overthink it. And teachers, like we have built-in schedules, like our blocks are built out for us. We really don't have a lot of choice in the matter. So anytime that you have a planning period, like that's your time to like block out for whatever it is that you need to do. If you come in early so you can have extra time, then that would be another time block. And if you know, your choices to stay late, that would be a time block as well. But just ahead of time, decide which tasks will fit best into each block. Uh, The system that I teach is to just make a brain dump of everything that you have to do and then prioritize what really needs to get done and then schedule those into blocks. And if you have multiple blocks, then think ahead to when are you most productive? Like if you're a morning person, put your heaviest task first in the morning And if you're not a morning person, you might want to save those tasks for later on in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm definitely a morning person. I have more creative juices going on in the morning. Like I feel more productive in the mornings. Is that you too? Yes, yes, definitely. I was going to say, you you have to be a morning person because I have watched your stories on Instagram and you're always so put together in the mornings. Like you you share a little bit about your day um, and it's just really, I really enjoy watching your stories in the morning. So before I let you go, I would love for you to share just one last piece of advice for any educator who's out there who's struggling with productivity. Like what is the one thing you would want them to get a, take away from this? All right. Um, So one thing that teachers could do to be more productive is to stop using a brain dump as a to-do list only because we are in the habit of thinking a to-do list is just write down everything that you have to do. And that's why we complain like we have this to-do list that's overwhelming and never ending because you literally just wrote everything down onto a piece of paper. Have your um, brain dump, of course, but then take your priority and put it on a post-it note. So you're focused on that one really important thing instead of looking at everything else that you need to get done. Girl, if we could get in at a time machine, I wish that I could tell 20-year-old me that because I used to write down every single thing that I needed to get done and then got all mad at myself and thought I wasn't productive because I didn't cross everything off my list. But in reality, I was just creating that brain dump versus a to-do list. So really differentiating between the two, I know is going to help so many other educators as well. So thank you for that. 
And I know that you have a time blocking freebie, so I'm going to put that in the show notes, but I would absolutely love for you to share a little bit more about where teachers can learn more from you, where you're most active on social media, just share where they can find you so they can learn more about how to be a productive teacher. Yes. So you can find me on YouTube. If you search Busy Miss Beebe, you can find my website, busymissbeebe.com. My last name is B-E-E-B-E. And I'm also on Instagram at Busy Miss Beebe. So you can follow me there. I don't have all the details ironed out yet, but I do an organized teacher challenge every summer and every winter. And this year, I'm going to actually expand it and do an organized teacher summer school with just free live workshops scheduled throughout the summer. Um, And we'll go over just organizing different things and just kind of preparing for back to school for it to be more productive. Yeah. So I'll put all of that and so much more in the links in the show notes for everybody to go grab your freebies and learn more from you. Even go into like the session that you did at the Summer Self-Care Conference because it was phenomenal. I learned so much and I know so many other educators really resonated with what you talked about. And so I'll put a little blurb about that as well. But thank you so much, Brianne, for coming onto the show. I love talking productivity and systems with you. It was just a blast. Thank you for having me. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tell me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.